Hello and welcome back to the show, to Caroline's commentary on Dance History 2, Spring 2021. This is week three. This is week three. This week, apologize if you just heard that day. <laughs> this week we are discussing a few, a variety of cultures and countries, their traditions of um, dance. Just a, a literally a glimpse of the past as the chapter is named uh, a variety. And then we're going to mainly focus on some ballet and the history and intent, all the good stuff. So let's begin. So we have the first, first section, glimpse of the past. That chapter, it discusses meaning and meaning intent and also different blends of how certain rituals or spiritual practices branched off and created dance or also fed into other things like theater type activities so uh, the chapter begins talking about intent and meaning behind many of the dancers practiced. So one of the points made in listing off one of the intents was dances to please the dancers, which at first I read that and like I had an immediate thought of like, okay, wait, what are we talking about? Like what kind? Obviously I kept reading, obviously. And it led uh, essentially to social dancing. And that is 1,000% accurate. Social dancing, I always something to please the dancers. And it's not like other genres, other types, other styles of dance don't please the dancers. But I was just thinking in terms of uh, technical elements. And I thought it was interesting that my mind immediately went there. And I kind of wish it didn't. Because not that I don't love to do certain styles some are way more challenging um so sometimes it's not as in like it's definitely a challenge but it's not as pleasing you know because you're trying to figure out and you don't you don't want to look bad and you don't want to be uncomfortable either so I mean some are just different I like ballroom I'm not trained in ballroom and I I recently had a ballroom class and I was like this like I would essentially say it's not pleasing to me but that's just because I have inexperience so I was just thinking what what do they mean by that at first and that's just where my mind went so I thought I'd share um but of course it it was essentially social dancing and I think we can all agree that that is that is to please ourselves as we do it and that's why that's why it was created my next point, I have a big question mark, and I would like to know what you think, and I will also share what I think. When the chapter says uh, that dance was intended to be performed and not watched, like that was the intent on some of them, and this confused me to no end. I'm still confused, and I, I made this no, and I just wanted to see like if I could think about it a little longer, and if I'm quite honest, I, I did, and I 
I'm still a little lost. I did ask a few classmates, like, what they thought afterwards. And I was like, yeah, so intend to be performing on watch. What do we mean here? And I think, uh, it, I mean, I, a lot of the answers, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I was, I was, uh, my take on this right now is that these were meant um, maybe to satisfy the eye, aesthetically pleasing. Um, or, or maybe not because that would be to watch, but like maybe to be performed, maybe it was more theatrical dance. I was kind of confused, but that's where my mind is right now. And I thought I'd share that. I really, I was, I was stuck on that for a while. Um, the next point I wanted to share was one of the biggest, most obvious intents and meanings behind many dances that were created in all cultures is that many are ritualistic and have a, and have a spiritual purpose to them, um, which we have been talking about for the past two weeks, and we will dive more in today on. Another point I thought was the wording on one of these quotes that I wrote down from the book, and it said, great civilizations produce their own ritualistic, and I put in parentheses, spiritual dances and I thought this was an interesting point to make that it said great civilizations and I because then I was either okay what would categorize great in today's world in today's world and then and then and I was thinking maybe I wanted to say like more developed but I'm like absolutely not there are um countries on all various levels of development now that all have uh, ritualistic dances so that they hold in their culture and that they do and they perform so that my first thought I don't think is correct to this question of what makes a great civilization produce their own you know rituals and spiritual dances and what qualifies for that but I think maybe they meant the oldest and most successful at the time. So that's what we'll, where we will leave that. And that will lead me into the most complex, uh, the most complex arts determining, you know, all the theatrical parts and dance and music that led us to Asia. And this, I mean, this includes from... So, so sorry, I hit the five minute mark, but this is going to include all the way if we're, let's talk, you know, Eastern, um, Eastern part of the world. So we have all of Asia, which happened to be, so sorry, which happened to be the most complex, it seemed, um, which I would think is to do with their, their rich culture and in the way that they were inspired by their own spirituality, spirituality and beliefs. Yeah. Um, so certain forms of Indian dance that exemplified spiritual dances, uh, they, this happened because the Hindus believe that the world was created by a dancing God. So dancing was essentially a given within their culture. And as it developed as Indian developed as a country. Their dances containing uh, the technique within it uh, was mainly intricate movements, but this wasn't just the arms, the legs, the bigger body parts, but this, this even included the neck, the nose, wrist, and eyes. The eyes danced as well. 
Uh, so even tiny details, very important and very vital to their style of dancing. And then moving even more east uh, to Japan, the, like as we discussed, the no and the kabuki styles, they were a little more theatrical, still had movement base, but they they were more theatrical, whereas the Indian dances were tended to be more, uh, I don't want to say more, but I wanted to say maybe more intense on the physical aspect or element of their practices. Um, traditional Chinese theater, they kind of mixed and integrated uh, acrobatics, dancing, singing, acting, even I think juggling as well. So they had a, a great mix between the other two. So they included a little more physical aspects like the Japanese, but also included a little more theatrical elements unlike the Indian practices, um, but similar to the Japanese. So I would say um, almost a blend and a notch up of intensity from both of those. Um, and then, so those were no, those were very complex, no surprise um, with that. But it is important to see how those are a product of what, of their spirituality and beliefs and how sacred it is to their culture. Um, but if we move west, which was a huge part of this chapter, um, Greece. This was something I didn't know much about personally, so I learned a lot. I noted a lot about it. I just knew where Greece was. But the Greek culture of the arts was very thick and, I mean, obviously important. Everything's important, but thicker than I would have ever thought. And I, one lovely part of it um, was that they believed that dance was divinely inspired and they allowed that the art to play a part in not only religion, but also education and obviously theater as well. Um, so, one part I didn't actually know about, but I knew who it was, <laughs> were the two Greek gods um, that concerned themselves and was associated with dance. Apollo, who was a patron of the music, poetry, philosophy, and healing, was associated with light. Um, and it said, it said the light of day was symbolically the light of intellect that drives away barbarism. Uh, which I would say that's that's kind of like a calming vibe for me that he would they would have been yeah they would have been so um, that was interesting to learn and then also Di Dionysus was a god of fertility and wine as well as god of dance which I thought was interesting because like god of fertility and like fertility tends to be uh, more of a has more of a like a femininity feminine yeah female vibe to it for me anyway um so like wine his divine powers could include both cheerful merriment of wildness and many of his worshipers were known to break loose into uh riotous ritualistic dances 
So they loved they loved to dance and move and celebrate. So this um, some of the art was the physical art was notable for its serene med majesty and formal balance would be maybe called a Polyanian a Polyanian I'm so sorry I heard it like 50 times and I was like trying to say it <laughs> to my roommate as well while we were on on zoom um but I was thinking that this would be more of like a calmer calmer vibe in the in the way it was done um whereas like the Dionysiac Dionysiac Sonic. Oh god damn it, you know what I'm saying. Um, but I think uh they mentioned that that was more of an emotionally unrestrained thing, more maybe ecstatic. I'm so sorry, pronunciation is awful. No. So, um, I think that this is more out there bolder. I would I would literally simply say bolder. Um and compared to a Polyanian, which was, I felt, maybe that was more calmer. Um, and we talked about, like, examples of that as well. So, that was, that was good to know and, like, to, to define. To define, yes. So, the Greek theater was uh, social and religious. That held social and religious dances. And when Greek authorities found themselves unable to oppose the wild dances of the followers of Dionysus, Dionysus. Oh, God, I hate mispronouncing things. But um, they, I mean, so you would say, like, the Dionysus believe followers were very bold. And that's that's what I'm going to say. They were, they were bold and they were, they were out there. They were out there for themselves to, and they loved wild uh, more of a unrestrained. They liked. I would say they. They. It sounds freeing. That's how I thought of it. It sounds like a freeing way to dance. Um, and one unfortunate point, as I kept reading along, that I found was that um, even though like people have uh, researched and explored the Greek theater, um, it is nearly, like, impossible to reconstruct any actual Greek dances, but people did describe them, so, you know, we, we have descriptions to go off of, and sculptures, and paintings, and verbal accounts, and imagery, I mean, like, it's just, I think it's also feared as it, if essentially it's feared that maybe it's not clear, of what specific movements were or um, specific practices as a whole. It's very unclear to many people, but um, they they were able to also, like, collect other information, such as um, maybe that so some of these performances included uh, speech and song chanting with the choreographic movement. So, um, so it wasn't as specific as... Some of these um, cultures that we looked into with their dance history, um, but it was it's it's somewhat there. I this makes me even more curious. I think just the simple fact that they that it's it's hard to know specifically what happened makes me more curious personally. Um, one 
one thing that they did in their culture, the Greeks, um, that really interested me uh, was the that they would take condemned criminals who were occasionally forced to dance in an arena until the flam- flammable clothing they wore set a fire and they were they died in agony. That's exactly what it says word for word. That was um, a lot, I think, for me to read at first. I was shocked. I was shocked. They died dancing. So that's, um, but in agony. And that's a consequence I would have never thought of. Um, so that was, that was a point made. Um, moving on to like more medieval times. Um, dancing, it was one of the like things for middle, I felt like it's like middle class, middle lower class. Um, but I know that they um, depicted a skeleton leading mortals of every social estate linked together. Sorry, they were suggesting the grim democracy of the grave of, like, death. Um, and so many dances were themed of death within, like, the medieval times and their, the, all the artists that were around them. Um, so I, which, medieval times, like, a lot of sickness, a lot of... Um, death was happening in many different ways, so that does make sense. Um, and with the Renaissance coming and going, the, uh, court and, like, royal, royal parts, royal, royal aspect of it all came, um, and first and grew, grew, I think, everywhere, but particularly in Italy, it did significantly. Um, so, around, I think it was, I have noted 1400, um, the Domenico of Piacenza, uh, wrote the first surviving European treaty, a treatise on dancing, and his followers, Antonio Canzano and Giglielmo Ibero, um, they were like dem- demand as producers of the dances for state occasions. So this is kind of the very beginning of ballet, um, which it's derived from the verb baller, which I did not know. But it was a it, it came from Italy. Ballet came from Italy. So this people were very curious about it and it was very seen as lavish. And one thing I didn't think this would start at, which I think I understand this correctly, but it was, like, a dinner thing, like, ballet, like, dinner. They use, like, examples of, like, a dinner ballet. So I'm thinking, like, dinner show. (laughs) But I hope I'm thinking of that correctly because that's what I noted. But that's, they were just talking about what might go down in the night of the beginning of ballet. Um... And so I was thinking this um, at the end of the reading, our sections that we used to do the little performances of our Zoom. And I, like, putting it together personally, like, we, it was very combined between Lauren and I. And we (laughs) took it more literal than anything because I felt like that's, and I really, I didn't think a lot of what they would do, just, like, I did my instinct, but I felt like that's what happened. And then we just, like, added a little movement to like smooth it all out and it was very royal like and it 
obviously reminded me of ballet the way honestly I did it like with the arms I think I had a little a pama moment a few times <laughs> once or twice um but that would take us into the second reading dance at the royal courts and huh, um I think Liza mentioned this but reading her I also had uh she's a queen not literally well yeah she was in the royal courts she was she was royal um but like a queen Catherine de, uh de Medici she she uh she brought so much from Italy to France um whether that was uh like I feel like she was a fashion she would be like a fashion icon at this point but um cosmetics that was something I didn't know about um and mirrors was a big thing for her which I love that because I also love mirrors and I love like vintage mirrors and I love all kinds of mirrors I like mirrors just like randomly anywhere everywhere so I connect with her on that level but uh I'm so sorry I'm tangenting uh I'm going on a tangent tangenting is I don't think a word but anyway so she also introduced uh the fork what I didn't know that but that is bad uh ass um but anyway, she also had the term, like, she kind of introduced ballet as well, um, I think. And she, it was termed ballet, but it, it doesn't represent of what is happening now. We also made that a point during our discussion. So I'm interested to, like, I wish, like, we could see videos. You know, obviously we can't. Technology wasn't around, but, like. That would just be interesting because I want to know what they did and I want to know how, like, I know how it got to where it's at, but, like, how? Like, I want to see, like, I feel like if I watched it, I'd be like, all right, how did we get to here to here? Because that is not the same. Um, anywho, we're going to continue talking about ballet as my recording. Okay, we are back and we are going to discuss lots of ballet. One thing that shocked me at first was uh, it took place at first in, like, a, in a hall. There was no stage, but, like, eventually it was put on a stage, obviously. But it was more of a leveled thing in the royal courts, even though royal courts, it wasn't really leveled. It was very put on a pedestal, and it still is. Um, but now, like... It, it starts to develop within the history and eventually performers or not performers, but the audience members are sat along galleries, along walls and the Royal family um, would be at the end of the room, right there, right there, front row, front and center, ready to see the performance. Um, so Catherine, she wanted Europe to know about, ballet and she also had her expectations for it and I think she had high expectations as she should she she I mean she committed her nearly her life to it um in the entertainment of it and she had a ballet um for uh Polish ambassadors in 1573 and which had choreography and everything and this it was based I know they mentioned geometry good heavens geometrical patterns um along with um obviously they're the technique that they use but and they collaborated there was collaboration 
between uh, on the production um, between the composer and a poet um, who created this ballet, um, Orlando Di Lasso, and the poet was Pierre Ronsnard. Um, in this, she said, as I think this is what the start of how complex um, theatrical theatrics and dance begin. This is where you have the composer, the the story person who uh, comes up with the storyline, and then you also have the choreographer. And whether that is the same person or not, collaboration is typically practiced. Um, moving on. So another thing that I thought was interesting that I never knew, knew about was the horse ballets and the things that they would make the horses do. That was that was interesting with like the writing and um, I think this happened in, in Vienna often. And I thought this was, that was a very interesting point. So I thought I'd mention it real quick. Um, Moving on. So dancing. Art of the gentleman. (laughs) That is what the chapter says. Art of the gentleman. Are you kidding me? Um, But I was pleased to read that um, in Seville, Spain, the city where choir boys danced in the cathedral, women also achieved considerable importance as choreographers. I was shocked, but I was happily shocked because I, I knew it would be, you know, gentlemen. Because it also uh, described how gentlemen uh, took on female roles. Like, I'm not sure where they're... The, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, men were far superior at the point but in history, but why even bother? Like, you have a woman perfectly capable. That's my question. I'm going to leave that there. Right? Right. Okay. So, um, and then moving, moving, moving on, um, to Renaissance in Europe, England, moving on to that part, you know, dancing became, they described it, quote unquote, vogue at virtually all the courts of Renaissance in Europe. So Queen Elizabeth, England, Queen Elizabeth, um, I think, first loved to dance. And the story has come down to that she um, she participated. I was, I was shocked because I felt like this might not even – I may just be confused if I'm being honest, but um, I would have thought that people i mean you do have king louis as well um who was huge part we'll get to him we'll get to him but um was a huge part of dance um ballet specifically but i would have thought that so sorry so sorry um i would have thought that the royal courts uh the um literal royalty would just sit there and watch and not be involved but then like you're thinking hey this is very you know, let's put this even more higher on a pedestal. Let's, let's include them. So I thought that was an interesting shift in it all. Um, but as they, as it grew, the, the French court, as a result of the interest in Italian culture, they, um, they kind of adopted ballet, I would say, and they took it and it grew, it grew like a tree. (laughs) Um, no, not so much like it. Well, yeah. A tree, like, blossoming. No, a flower. Blossomed very big. 
Um, and so the F French court ballet reached its peak under um, Louis. So Louis the Fourteenth. Um, that's what I was saying. My recording stopped, but he reigned from 1643 to 1750. If you didn't know that, and he uh, took it. I wouldn't say he took it, ran with it, but it definitely hit its peak in his his reign. Um, and it became a very formal, normal thing in Europe, and especially France. Um, so, uh, one thing to note that part of the theatrics of it all was costuming, and it was very, very important and very graceful, um, inspired by heroic styles of the Roman Empire, but Louis the Fourteenth, as I was saying, who reigned from sixteen forty three to seventeen fifteen. Um, moving a little farther through the chapter, they uh, start discussing the musical part of the ballets, which I think is also very, 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 very important to note because it nearly went hand in hand ballet I don't feel like would have ever been um paired with silence so I think it's very important to address this that musical scores in the courts ballets were typically um one very uh famous composer was Jean Baptiste Lully who came to France as a child um from his native uh place in Florence where he had been a comic dancer which uh, I thought was interesting that he had the dance um, background and was also a composer for many of them. Which, I mean, it definitely makes sense, though. Um, Lully, he was homosexual, which I would have thought was way too scandalous for that time. Um, so, I mean, obviously he was criticized and punished. Um, and he died in 1687 after an odd accident uh, where his foot was pierced, which sounds awful by staff. And so that that is very, very um, unfortunate. Um, keeping along with it, the boot camps that were the so sorry, I just had something pop up, um, that were mentioned, they, um, stressed a lot of the fundamentals of ballet, and, and this includes techniques, so you have the five positions of the feet, um, that's, I think, at this point, this is where it's being very implicated that there's going to be a specific technique set in place, and this is where, here on out, it starts building tremendously, um, so, the development of totally professional dancers didn't happen until Louis' retirement as a dancer of the opening of the opera. Um, and this is where women had occasionally, you know, came in and performed in some uh, maybe more male-dominated court ballets and women start taking over, which is very good. We love women. We love this. <laughs> this is finally their chance on something that they were used the most for. And even men playing their parts. Um, so this is very, in my opinion, correct. Um, and then it's now possible for women to have careers as professional dancers. And I think this was the start of, I don't want to say women having their time because I believe that they still are struggling in their time. But 
in the arts at the time. They were getting their time as professional dancers. This was another opportunity for employment. This was another opportunity to, you know, maybe not go up the hierarchy of social hierarchy and where they were placed in class and society, but this was an opportunity for them all over the world to work up in their society because ballet was seen as something it was royal it was put on a pedestal so if they were you know a ballet dancer you were put up there you were known you were you were important so I think that is also something very something I thought about that I noted um you know what did that do for women how many ways did it amplify and make their life better you know it was how successful they were um in this on their own this is something they could do I mean still had were controlled by men but you know this is the start of something so that is all I have I had a lot I know I was trying to cover uh cover a lot but um just remembering the you know intent and meanings of dances from all over the world and you know this where ballet came from centuries ago um in Italy and where it is now where it grew the most you know France so it's a universal thing now but all you know where where it's practice has all of its specific elements to it you know American ballet might be seen as balancing you know so I think that's also important to know and look forward to look into later So, yeah, that's all I have for you this week. Hope you have a great weekend, and I will see you next week. Peace out.